We're going to begin, Mr. Shem, and uh, we'll start with the first share. The, the, goal, the goal is to really, I think last year we did it in a four shirim. The goal is this week, to, this year, to try to get into three shirim. And Mr. Shem will hopefully have a fourth shear with some of the things I think we didn't speak about so much last year. I don't think we spoke, I don't remember, but I don't think we spoke a lot about birth, pregnancy, doctor visits, birth control, common issues that come up. We'll speak about those, Mr. Shem, also. Hopefully in the fourth week, we'll try to talk about the FAQs, the frequently asked questions, the things that come up very often. But Mr. Shem will try to do it in three weeks. The goal, the goals of this shearm is not to, uh, is not to get detailed, not to get complicating, not to get into all the technical aspects. You either learned that already or you didn't learn it. It doesn't make a difference. It's not a gaffe for the halacha l'maysa. The goal is to do halacha l'maysa, to do a chazara, to do a quick and a brief chazara. And hopefully, really, just to bring up the questions, to bring up the topics, to bring up that which we need to know. and need to remember in order to ensure that we're keeping the halachas properly. So we're going to go through, uh, you know, what are the challenges of, of Hilchas Nida? I was just talking to the guy in Shulda Shabbos. He's, he said, you know, you learn Hilchas Nida and everybody's learning Hilchas Nida. And then uh, you learn it when you're chasen once. And chasen is probably the least opportune time to ever learn halachas both in terms of practical, in terms of time, you don't have a lot of time, in terms of your head, your head, your head's not really there. It's a very not practical, not, not conducive time to be able to learn and retain halachas. Lamaisa, that's the time that they teach it. And therefore you learn it and it's very abstract. You don't really know what blood is. You don't really know what damnida is. You don't know what basulam is. You don't know what any of these things mean. It all sounds very nice and abstract. And then when you come to Lamaisa, you're in it already and then you have to try to figure it out. And you can ask questions, but to try to relearn the whole thing is sometimes, uh, sometimes challenging and time consuming. So that's the goal. It just to shave him every year, to just chaz them over, to make sure that we know it, to chazer it, to talk about them, in order to ensure that we have the, uh, we have the halachas and we remember them, and uh, when, it, when we're in it practically, we know what to do. Yes, and Mr. Shem, we'll begin this week with, uh, we'll begin this week with discussing, with discussing how a woman becomes Tameh, and the beginning of the Tahara process, and then Mr. Shem, next week we'll discuss what happens when she's Tameh, harchakas, and the week after that we'll talk about Vestas. It's basically we're going to split up into those three weeks. And now we'll talk about Khafifa, obviously part of the Khafifa, the Khatsitsa process and all the process of going to the mikvah. But that will basically be the three week, the th- how we're gonna split up into three weeks. And then like we said, the fourth week in Ritz Hashem will get into uh, other other common issues. Also, if we can just try to keep all questions to after, just so we can get through it, which I'm shouldn't take us too long. We'll get through as much as we could in the next uh, 45 minutes, hour, and then we'll uh, we'll try to keep questions after. Yeah, so basically there's two types of two types of tumma. We'll talk about how first we'll begin with how one becomes tummy. There's two types of ways that a woman could become tummy. There's tumma midaraisa and tumma midarabanan. For a woman to become tummy midaraisa, there are two basic requirements that are necessary for it to become tummy. First of all, it needs to be dam, which comes from the makar. It needs to be blood, which comes from the uterus. So those, those of us who know biology know where the uterus is. Those who don't, doesn't really make a difference, but it's the uterus, which is the, called, the, called the makar in chazal. It needs to come from the uterus and it needs to come with a hargasha, with a sensation. The Chazal explained to us that there's three sensations that a woman could feel, which would be metame her maker tummy deraisa. Number one is hargasha zivas davarlach. She feels a flow, which is an internal flow, not the external flow. Obviously, when somebody bleeds, they'll automatically feel blood on their body. That's natural. Every every person will feel that. We're talking about an internal hargasha zivas davarlach, an internal feeling of flow of blood coming out. The second hargasha that a woman could feel is is that gufa, where her body is trembling. And the third one is niftach makar, where a woman feels the inside of her uterus opening up and feels. You know something taking place in the inside opening and the blood coming out. Those are the three hagashas Chazal spoke about, and that's one of the necessary components in order for a woman to become tamei midaraisa. Again, it needs to come from the makar, and it needs to be with hagasha. The reality is, is a woman nowadays do not feel hagasha. Women nowadays do not do not feel any of these three hagashas. Some place can write that they'll, some some women will feel hagashas even though it's very uncommon, very unlikely, and therefore a woman does not feel these hagashas. Nevertheless, we'll see, a woman can still be Tameh Midaraisa nowadays, even though that she's missing Lechera, one of the two basic requirements to become Tameh. A woman could still become Tameh Nida Midaraisa nowadays, but that is basically how a woman comes Tameh Midaraisa. The other Tumah, 
The other main tumma we discuss is called is Tumimidarabanan, which is called Ksamim, stains, where it's not a it's not something which is Vadimegufa, it's not large, it's not it doesn't come with Hargasha. It's a stain which does not which is missing the component of the Hargasha, the feeling, and therefore it's a Kesem. Memela, it's not Tamimidaraisa, it's missing one of the two main components. It's only Tamimidarbanan, and there'll be a whole large amount of coolest, four basic coolest that come along with it. And we'll see, that will be the difference between ekesem and real nidamidaraisa. So a basic period that a woman feels every month, that's tamimidaraisa, even though there's no hargasha. Nevertheless, as we'll see, that's called tamimidaraisa. The other one is called kesem, where a woman's staining, a woman has stains, something which comes without hargasha, which is going to be tamimidarabanan. So when it comes to tamimidaraisa, even tipis dam kachalda, the smallest amount, of, the smallest drop of blood that, that comes from a woman's makar, that comes with agasha, is metame, the woman made It doesn't make a difference where it's found. It doesn't make a difference how large it is. It doesn't make a difference. It doesn't make a difference anything. There are no coolest that are there. Tipis dam kachalda, the smallest amount of blood that comes out of the woman from the makar with her gasha is going to be metame medaraisa. When it comes to a Kesem, when it comes to a, uh, a stain, there are four basic coolers that we have in a kesem. Cooler number one, and we'll talk, talk about the four coolers and then we'll go into each one of them. Ba'arichos, cooler number one is, it needs to be on a davar hamakabal tumma. Again, without getting into technical reasons for all these coolers, cooler number one is that it needs to be on something which is makabal tumma. We'll talk about exactly what is considered makabal tumma, what not. But the, the blood needs to be found on makabal tumma. Cooler number two is it needs to be on something white. Needs to be on something a davar lavan, not on a colored, not in a colored beged or something colored. It needs to be larger than the shear of a gris. A gris was the small amachoyles, a little little uh, louse. I think it's the proper way you pronounce it. One louse that they used to have, that they used to find, be able to find blood from. It would be, get smashed around, especially around, oh, especially around the bed. It can get smashed, and therefore the blood, if it's smaller than the size of a gris, is going to be tahar. If it's a kesem, not a, not a, uh, not not. And the fourth kula is that if there's any tliyas, if there's any reason that we could be tila, that it came from somewhere else. She had a makosh, had a hemorrhoids, it came from somewhere else. This wasn't blood that came from the makar. This is blood that came, that came because of a cut or anything like that. That will also be a kula when it comes to ksamim. So again, the arno kulas, the smallest drop of blood will be metame, the woman, regardless of where, what, when, how it's found. Tuma midirabanan, which is a kesem, a stain, which means blood without hargasha, will be metame woman only if it doesn't, only if it doesn't meet these uh, kulas, which means it needs to be found on a davma kabotuma, needs to be found on something white, it needs to be larger than the size of a gris, and it needs to be that there are no tliyas, there are no reasons that we can assume that this blood came from somewhere other than her makar. Right, so let's talk about each one of the four kulas, we'll go into it, and then we'll, uh, we'll discuss scenarios in which these kulas won't apply either. So kula number one is that it needs to be on a davra makabotuma. If the blood is found on anything that's not makabotuma, she will be tahar. Right, so for example, the, the, the a woman's clothing is going to be makabotoma. A woman's body is going to be makabotoma. However, for example, toilet paper, according to most paiskim, a pad, the toilet, all those things are things which are not be makabotoma. And if a woman finds blood on a pad, that's probably the most common example, or on toilet paper, by the two most common examples of a woman finding blood, that is davar she'ena makabotoma, and therefore it will be a, ke- it's a kesem, because it came without hargasha, it's blood that she found without having the hargasha. Therefore, it's going to be tamim midarabanan, and since it's found on something which is not makabotoma, she will be tahar. Kula number two is it needs to be found on something white, which means pure white, actual white, or off-white would be included, but something, something white doesn't just mean any light colors, it means something that's actually white. If she found blood on something which was not white, then she'll also be tahar, assuming that it's, uh, because it's a kesem midarabanan, it's only tahar midarabanan, it came with that hargasha, 
and it's found on something which is not white, she will also be tahara. Right? That's why the Ramah writes, and we'll get to this when we get to Zayi, when we get to Yimei Tahara. That's why the Ramah writes that it's a it's a eitz toiva, and it's a smart thing for a woman to do to wear big day tzvanim to wear colored clothing when colored underwear when she is in Yimei Tahara, because any kesem that she'll then find on the big day tzvanim, on the big day tzvanim, any any kesem any stain that's found on her underwear when it's not purely white. You will be considered a, since it's a kesem, it's, it's a stain which is found. It's not blood with kemach agasha. It will have the coolest of dame de rabbanon. And therefore, since it's, found on, since it's found on something which is not white, it will not be metameher. The third thing is, it needs to be larger than the size of a gris. If it's smaller than the size of the gris, it will be tahar. How large is the size of the gris? Ramosha writes the size of a gris is the size of an American penny. Take a penny, put it on top of the stain, and then you're able to see. If it's smaller than that, it will be tahar. If it's larger than that, if it's smaller than that, it will be it will be tar. If it's larger than that, it will be tame, right? And therefore, therefore, you know, most of the time when, when a person has a stain, no one has a stain, it doesn't come out as a perfect circle. It's very hard to just take a penny and put it on top of the stain and it will match up exactly. Most blood stains don't come out in the shape of a perfect circle, but you have to figure out. That's why you bring it to a rough. You bring it to a rough to be able to figure out, is this larger than the size of a gris or smaller than the size of a gris, right? Many times also the stain could be split into two. Right, it's on a pleat, or there's some reason why it's split into two. It's in colored and white, not totally in white. It can be split into two, and therefore also you have to figure out how much of it is, is, uh, is, is one stain, and how much of it is split into two stains. If it's split into two stains, it's not larger than the size of the gris, it's also going to be tahar. And then the, th- the fourth kula is that if she has any real tulia, any tulia, and you'll have to ask a rav exactly what this, what's considered a proper tulia. once not a proper tulia, but if she has a good reason to be told that this blood came from something else, which means not, not from her body. Even if it came from her body, but it didn't come from damakar, it didn't come from her uterus, it came because of, there was some sort of infection, urinary tract infection, it came because of a cut, it came because of hemorrhoids, it came because of something else other than typical period blood. So since it's a kesem and it's only with her abanon, she will also be tar. So again, there's four kulas, and you really need to check off all four, you really need to check off all four requirements in order to be metame, which means that, for example, if a woman finds a stain which is larger than the size of a gris, uncolored, so you've, you've accomplished one of the, you checked off one of the boxes that it's larger than the size of a gris, but at the same time, since it's found on something colored, it will still remain tar. And the opposite is true as well. If a woman finds something on white, so you, you accomplish one of, the, one of the four coolest, but it's found smaller than the size of a gris, it will also be tar. If a woman finds something which is on white and larger than the size of a gris, but it's found on something that's not makabotoma, so for example, she finds a large stain on on a toilet paper or on a pad, since it's on not a Davimokabotoma, even though you've already met the requirement of something white, let's assume that it's a white pad or white toilet paper, and it's larger than the size of a gris, since it's found in something which is not Makabotoma, it will also be tar. And even if you meet all three requirements, which means it's on something white, Makabotoma, and it's larger than the size of a gris. So for example, she has white underwear, so that's Davimokabotoma, it's larger than the size of a gris, and it is, uh, and it's, on white, so it's white, double makabotoma, and it's larger than the size of waist, but there is a proper tzliya. There is something to be toilet in, there would also be a kula, and you would also be able to be makal and assume that she's tar in that scenario as well. That will also be tahar. So again, it needs to meet, re- meet all four requirements in order for a kesem, something which is tamay midarbana, to be tamay, it needs to meet all four requirements. Now, at a certain point, it moves from being a kesem into not being a kesem anymore, <coughs> which means if a woman, let's say, has a pad, right? So there's a certain amount on a pad, which is a pad, again, is a dover, it's not makabotoma. There's a certain amount that could be found on a pad, which will be tar, right? It's not makabotoma. So even though it's white and even though it's larger than the size of a gris and she has no tulias, it will be it will be tahar. However, at a certain point, it stops becoming a kesem and we assume that this is not a kesem anymore, but this is actual full period. Now, even though we said 
at the beginning that women nowadays do not have our agasha. We assume, this is the way all the place come right, we assume that nowadays when a woman has her typical period, which comes once a month, or something like that, when a woman has her period, there is a hargasha there with it, even though she's not conscious of the hargasha. The woman became less in sync with their bodies, or for whatever reason, she doesn't feel the hargasha. Nevertheless, we assume that any woman who has a proper period has an hargasha, and that's why every woman who has a proper period is Tamimei Deraisa. Even though she doesn't feel the hargasha, she'll tell you, I didn't feel Ziva's Devarlach, I didn't feel as the Dea Gufa, Psiches Amakar. Nevertheless, she's Tamimei Deraisa. And therefore, when it comes to a kesem, so a kesem is Tahar, if it doesn't meet all four requirements, but at a certain point, it moves from being a kesem into being a period. And when it moves from being a kesem into being a period, then you lose all the kulas. Now it's not Tamimei Darabanan, now it's Tamimei Deraisa. And therefore, if a woman, for example, finds a large amount of blood, on a pad. So it's not Makabal Tumah, and therefore Lachar, she should be tar. but if the amount of blood is so large that it's not, we can't call it a kasim anymore, we don't call that a stain, we call that a period, then even though it's found that something's not Makabal Tumah, then we assume it's with the Hargasha, and then Mamela, she loses her ability to have any kulis, and it will be Tameh. How large is that shear? You have to really ask a Rav, you have to bring it to Rav to figure out. Some are around the size of a credit card, a half a dollar bill, price can give different amounts, Preferable to bring it to a Rav to figure out exactly, does this meet the requirements of being a period or is this still considered a Kesem? What difference is there? Big difference. Does it have Kulas Terabanan or has it lost its ability to have Kulas Terabanan? And now it is only, and now it is Tameh Raisa, and therefore regardless of what it's found in, what color, where it's found, etc., it will be Tameh. So again, those are the two types of Tumas. A woman become, the natural woman, the natural way that a woman becomes Tameh on a monthly basis is when she has a period. Even though she does not feel a Hargasha, we assume that there was a Hargasha and therefore that period will make her Tamimei Deiraisa with absolutely no kulas. Now, before the other way of becoming Tamimei is to have a kesem, to have a stain. A stain is only Tamimei Deirabanan because we assume that there was no Hargasha. She tells us she didn't feel anything. There was no Hargasha and what comes along with that are these four kulas. Again, it needs to be in something that's Makabal Tumma. It needs to be in something that's white. It needs to be larger than the size of a gris and it needs to be something which she does not have any real Tuliyas. Right? So again, so that's Tamimei Deirabanan, Tamimei Deiraisa. Clear so far? Amazing. Yes, that's Tumid Rabbanan, Tumid Raisa. That's the typical type of Tumid and that's Tumid Rabbanan. That is how a woman normally becomes Tumid. Either she has a period or she has a Kesem which is so large that it will look like, that it will be called a period or she has a Kesem which meets all four requirements. It's on something white, Makabal Tumid, and it's larger than the size of a gris and there's no Tuliyas and then she'll be Tumid as well. Those are the, those are the uh, ways that a woman could become Tumid. Just one, one or two more things that I didn't speak uh, clearly. When it comes to something which is white, Let's say, for example, a woman has spotted underwear, right? Or a woman has striped, something like that, in which case part of it's colored and part of it's white, which is an etzitoyva, not, not to wear something like that because you're going to run into issues like this. And a woman finds a kesem. So, for example, a woman's in Yemei Tahara. She has no reason to assume her period's coming or she's maybe a day or two before her period. But a woman right now is tahar and she finds a large amount of blood or even she finds a, a significant size of blood on her underwear. Now, part of it's in color and part of it's in white. So the place can say that, with, that and again, you have to take somebody who has expertise to figure this out, but all the parts that are on white will be mitzaref to the shear of a gris. Again, underwear is makabal toma. Underwear, if it's white, is white. And, and if it's larger than the gris, it'll become tummy. And assuming she has no tulia, she'll become tummy. Therefore, even though it's a stain, if this stain is found on white, it will become tummy. Therefore, if it's found partially uncolored and partially on white, will be mitzvah of all the parts that are found on white to add up to a gris, assuming that it's one big stain. Again, if it's two separate stains, for sure not. Assuming it's one big stain, will add up all the parts that are on white to see if that's the size of a gris. If it is, then she'll be Tameh, even though it's only a Kesem and Nevertheless, since it's larger than the size of a gris, it's on white, Makabotoma, no Tliya, she will be 
Tameh. The other common scenario that comes up is where a woman's wearing, let's say, something colored, but it leaks through onto something white. Right? Probably the most common example of this is tights. Right? The average pair of tights has a white, like a white lining there. Even if it's black tights, it has a white lining. So a woman's wearing big dates of items. She's wearing colored underwear. It leaks through the underwear and gets onto the tights. So even though her underwear is colored and therefore it has the coolest of if it's not a, if it has the coolest of the Rabbanon, since it's a Kesem de Rabbanon, it won't be, meta, it won't be metame her because it's found on big date Tzavayinim. However, if it leaks through and becomes something white, it'll be an issue. And therefore, for example, it's a smart idea for a woman not to wear, you know, either to color it out or not to wear that part, not to wear tights that has a white lining in it. It's a smart idea, even if your linen is not white, which is smart idea not to have white linen, because you made the hari, you don't want to end up with ksamim that you're going to end up less less reasons to be toila, less reasons to be matar. But even if let's say you know the linen, the linen sometimes people have the, that the linen itself is colored, but underneath it will be another layer of sheep protector, another layer of linen. So if that's white, you're also going to run into issues, and therefore it's best to make sure that the blood is not going to either reach any place that'll be white, because again, if the blood, if the kesem is found in something white and it's larger than a gris and it's clothing or linen or something which is makabel tumah, then it will be an issue, and therefore you want to make sure as much as possible to avoid anything white, to avoid uh, the ability for the stain to get on to something white. That's all basically how a woman becomes Tameh. Now, how does a woman become Tahar? And we'll talk about Hashem next time about what the process, what happens when she is Tameh, what takes place. We'll talk about Achakas. We'll talk about the process of her in the state of Yemei Tumah itself. But what happens? How does a woman go from the state of Tumah to the state of Taharas? So in order for a woman to become Tahar, she, the, first needs, the first thing she needs to do is figure out when the period started. Yeah, so we're assuming that Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize. I apologize. I missed it. I put it ahead of my first sheet. I apologize. There are three scenarios. I'm sorry. There are three scenarios. Thank you. We'd see there are three scenarios where even though it should lechera be a kesem, she'll still nevertheless be tamei deraisa. Chazal explained to us that we assume in those cases she had a hargashan, even though she says I didn't have a hargasha, and it's a stain, and it's found on a, you know it, it's smaller than a gris, or it's found on something which is makabel tumah, or it's something which is not makabel tumah, or in something which is colored. <laughs> nevertheless, we're going to say that's called a. That's called a dame uh, da eraisa, and she will be tummy. The three scenarios, the most common case, the case of Bitsi spoke about, the two other cases as well. The most common case is a woman has an eight bedika. A woman does a bedika. We'll see when we get to the days of Yemei Tahara, she needs to do bedika twice a day during Zayin A woman does a bedika, or in Yemei Avesh, she does a bedika. She does a bedika, and she comes out with a small, small stain of blood. So she thinks to herself, she says, okay, this is white, it's makabal tumah. Every bedika cloth is white. Every bedika cloth is cloth which is makabel tuma. But however, it's smaller than the size of a gris. So she hasn't checked off all the boxes. She should be tahar. She's not tahar. Why? Because we assume that any blood which comes out on a bedika cloth when she sticks an eight bedika inside of her, may, she may be thinking that the hargasha she's feeling is not a feeling of a hargasha of the blood coming out, but it's a feeling of the eight bedika being put inside of her. And therefore, she assumed that she didn't have a hargasha. But the reality is she did have a hargasha. And therefore, Chazal said, any blood any blood, even tipas dam kecharda, which is found in an eight bedika, is going to be tamei. Aye, it's not larger than the size of a gris. Doesn't make a difference. We assume that that's blood made raisa, and that does not have the coolest of a kesem. However, not everything that looks like blood is actually blood, and that's why you bring an eight bedika to a rav to be able to say, okay, is this blood or is this not blood? If it's blood, doesn't make a difference on the size, right? Doesn't make a difference if it's larger or smaller than a gris will become tamei just because of the fact that it was the blood was found through an eight bedika. However. If it's not blood, it doesn't make a difference, obviously, how large it is, then it will not be metamir, and that's why you bring eight bedikas to a rav, because the gris, gris will not help you in this scenario, because we assume it came with our gosh. The other two scenarios, which are less common, 
Less likely are when a woman finds blood after hatolas meraglayim, after a woman urinates, a woman finds blood immediately after. So Chazal said the same thing. She may assume that she had no hargasha. If you ask her, she'll say, I had no hargasha. I didn't have any feeling. I didn't have any sensation. And therefore, the blood should be only a kesem. However, she may be mixing up the sensation that she feels when she gets her period with the sensation she feels when she urinates. And therefore, we assume that she may have had a hargasha. We have to be machmer and assume she had a hargasha. And therefore, for example, if a woman would, if a woman would wipe after urinating and find blood on the, on the toilet paper. We'll talk about not every case is like this, most cases are not, but let's assume that, let's assume that, she, that this would be a case where she would be tame. So the blood that she finds in the toilet paper, be'etzim, should be tahar, right? Assuming that it's smaller than the size of a gris, or even if it's larger, assuming that toilet paper is not a davar makabal she should be tahar, However, since it came immediately after urination, immediately after urinating, we can assume, Chazal assumed, that she may have mixed up the feeling of the sensation of period with the sensation of atol smeraglayim, of urinating, and therefore, she may think that there's no argasha, but there actually is argasha, and therefore will not be tumimidarban, it will be tumimidaraisa. However, however, this is only when she wipes immediately after urinating. If she wipes two seconds later, three seconds later, which is the average, or Moshe writes that that's the normal when a woman goes to the bathroom, she's normally not in such a rush that she's wiping immediately after urinating, and therefore that blood which is found on toilet paper, in most cases, in rubid the rubid the cases, blood which is found on toilet paper, has a din of a kesem, not a din of, not a din of dame de raisa, and therefore since it's found on toilet paper, which is not makabal tumah, you'll have the kulas of a kesem de rabbanon, and it will be to her, unless it's again, very, very large, in which case it will move from being a kesem to being a period. And the same thing is when it comes to after Tashmish Amita, Chazal said also, Chazal said also that, that, that the Hargasha of Tashmish could sometimes be confused with the Hargasha of her having her period. And therefore Chazal said that if blood is found immediately, and again, it needs to be found immediately after Tashmish, we can assume that this may have been blood with Hargasha, and therefore, even if, it ha- even if it will meet some of the, some of the coolest, even if it's let's say, smaller than the size of, size of a gris, or it's found out of a Kabbal Tumma, et cetera, Chazal said that would still be Asr. And again, this needs to be found immediately after Tashmish, which is not the common case. If one does find blood, it could always call a rough and figure out, does this meet the requirements of Dam right after Tashmish or not? And figure out, is it Kesem or is it Tamim Midaraisa? Does it have the coolest of Ksamim or not? Right, that's basically Tumim Midaraisa. Tumim Midarabanan, again, Tumim Midaraisa is blood from the Makar with Argasha. Tumim Midarabanan is Ksamim, four coolest that come along with Ksamim. Needs to be in a Dharma Kabotoma, needs to be larger than the size of a gris, needs to be in something white, and it needs to be that there are no Tliyas. Tumim Midaraisa doesn't have any of this coolest, and it will be Tame, regardless of where and when it's found. That is all how a woman becomes Tame. How does a woman become tar? So the first thing you have to do in order to figure out how to become tar is she has to figure out when the period started, right? She's gonna have to count five days from the beginning of her period, including the day that she saw her period, five days before she could count Zion Akiyam. And again, without getting into technical reasons, technical chiyuvim, why you need the five days, Gemara learns it out and explains how it's, she could be pilot Shech Vazero, she could come, come again and be Metamir without getting into the scenarios and the reasons why we got the five days. But Chazal explained, the Gemara needed to explain, she needs to wait five days before she can even counting her Zion Akiyam, right? These are, all, these are all, you know, scenarios that Chazal understood, even though Midaraisa seemingly is not necessary. Midaraisa, she only needs Zion Yamim, she only needs seven days, not even Akiyam. However, Chazal understood, based on the fact that Ziva and Nida are confusing, and she may mix up Nida and Ziva, and based on the fact that she be Pilot Sheikh Vazera, Chazal understood that what a woman needs to do to become Tarish, she needs five days from the beginning of her period, and then after that, once she passes those five, that five-day mark, then she can start counting Zion Akiyam. She needs seven clean days after that, and only then can she come to the mikvah. And therefore, the first thing that a woman needs to do is figure out, okay, when did the period start? Right, small staining, which comes sometimes at the beginning, you know, two, three days before the period, may not be metame her, 
it very likely will not be metame her, assuming that it's found on big date savanim, it's found on colored underwear, and assuming it's not, you know, it's not very, very large, it won't be metame her, found that a pad won't be metame her. However, that's obviously not called the beginning of a period. That's just staining, that's staining which is not metame her, and even if it's staining which is metame her, if it's small stains which happen to, you know, meet the requirements, it also will not be the beginning of her period. So she has to figure out when the period actually started and count five days from the beginning of the period until she's able to count Zion Akim. So let's assume that she found that she had a period Sunday afternoon or let's say Sunday two hours before Shkia, an hour before Shkia, it doesn't make a difference. Sunday at some point before nightfall, she has her period, so she counts Sunday as day one, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. That is the completion of her five days. What does she have to do during the five days? Nothing. She doesn't have to do anything. She continues going as usual. She's in the middle of having her an active period. She continues going as usual, and she just has to know when to start counting it from, and to count those five days. Count, so again, it's five days, including the day, the beginning of the bleeding, and she counts it. And again, if it, if it happens an hour, half hour before Shkia, doesn't make a difference. Even five minutes before Shkia, she can already start counting the five the five days. And she always needs to count the five days, except in a scenario where she already counted the five days, and she's in the middle of Zion Akiyim, and then she has to recount Zion Akiyim, and that's the scenario she won't have to count five days. But other than that, every woman who has her period, every woman who becomes Tame, even if it's Tame only because of a Kesem, a Kesem which was large enough to be Metamir, or met the requirements, was larger than a Gris, and found the Wadim Kabotuma, she needs to count five days, and only after she counts five days, she counts her Shivanikim. So she counts Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Thursday is the end of the, at the end of day five. What does she do before she counts Zayinikim? So on Thursday, before Shkia, which means Thursday is day number five, before Shkia, she needs to start preparing herself for the counting of Zayinikim. She needs to do three main things to prepare herself for Zayinikim. Number one is she has to do she has to do a she has to wash herself, and we'll talk about each one of these as we go through. She has to wash the outside, the external part of her isemakim in order to ensure that there's no blood there. She's been bleeding for the past four, five, six days, however long it's been, she's been bleeding and therefore there's blood there and she wants to make sure that there's no more blood so that way when she does badika, she doesn't run into issues. She needs to clean herself off the isemakim from an external cleaning. She then needs to do something which is called a maich, which we'll talk about in a second. And then she needs to do a hefsik tahara, something in order to ensure that she's totally tarn. Only then could she be, can she start counting the zainikim. And those are the three steps that she needs to go through in order to Make in order to ensure that she's finished her five days, she's finished the dam, she's finished the bleeding, and now she's ready to start counting Zainakim. Right? And that's a badika to make sure so so Okay, no, those are the three steps that she's doing. We'll talk about each one, each one of these three now. So for the first thing she needs to do is she needs to wash herself. Yeah, she has to clean herself, the isamakam, the, the outside part of herself. She has to clean herself in order to make sure that there's no blood, there's no blood which is left here. She does not have to clean her insides. She does not have to clean the inside of her isamakam. For many women, this is an eitzatayvus. It's a smart thing to do in order to ensure that any blood which is left there, it could be blood which is congealed, which is just sitting there, in order to ensure that there's no blood that's left in there is cleaned out. It's a smart thing to do for her to clean it out. If she does do that, and according to Ramayisha, she should wait 15 minutes after cleaning herself internally. Again, an external wipe, she doesn't have to wait at all. She can external wipe and then do a maich, which I'll talk about. She can do a bedika and then a maich. But when it comes to an internal cleaning with water or liquid, she's cleaning herself internally, she has to wait afterwards. She should, lechatechila, wait 15 minutes before doing a bedika. For a very the reason, if she does a bedika after there's water inside, so the bedika is not going to be a proper bedika. You won't have any clarity about what's going on in the bedika. You put a bedika in after there's water inside there, it may come out clean because there's water there, it may just be touching the water. It may not be getting a proper, you won't be getting a proper read on if this is a proper hefsik tyra. Did she really stop bleeding? Is there really no blood left in her isamakam? It won't be a proper read, and therefore, lechatechila, she should wait 15 minutes. If she doesn't have 15 minutes, she needs to clean herself out. She cleaned herself out and did one badika and got a dirty and, got, and became, came out with blood and she does another one. So she could wait, you know, five minutes and if necessary, she can do it immediately after washing herself. 
and uh, do the badika immediately after even an internal internal cleaning. But that's why the best is that when she's figuring out what time to start making the half sick, she shouldn't be very, very close to shkia because you just she's setting herself up for just running into running very, very close to shkia. She does a badika 20 minutes before and she white or she cleans herself internally and then has to clean herself again and wait 15 minutes. Now you're holding two, three minutes before shkia. She's going to run into issues and therefore the best is to leave herself a proper amount of time. Half hour, 45 minutes, leave herself a proper amount of time to be able to get a badika, a clean badika, and to make sure that she can feel can fulfill all the requirements for being able to start Zainiki. When it comes to doing the actual badika, that's the washing herself. That's a washing, an external wipe, external washing herself to make sure that there's no blood there. She could do an internal wipe if she chooses, but she should wait after. And then she does a badika. The badika must be done before shkia. Must be done as a hefsek, the hefsek tire must be done before shkia. And it should be done as close to shkia as possible. Again, not too close, because that's just not a smart thing to do. She's gonna run into issues if she gets too close, but it should be done as close to shkia as possible. The chatchila could be done as early as mincha katana, which is about two hours before shkia. And bidiyavet, if she needed to, or for some reason she did, even a bidika, which is done earlier in the day, even in the morning, would work bidiyavet, but lechatchila, she should be doing it no earlier than mincha katana. And from mincha katana and on, anytime from mincha katana until until uh, until Shkia. Now again, she should make sure that she leaves herself a proper amount of time, but uh, she also has to be conscious of the fact that it's not always easy to be able to do badikas and, and have sex wherever she is. So if she's gonna be home, and know that she's running out to the grocery to pick up the kids or whatever it is, to so do it at home when she has the proper yeshivadas to do it, assuming that it's after Mechaiktana, do it at home, make sure she gets a proper clean, and then go out, and that would be considered her Hefsik. It's also important to know that she should not be doing multiple badikas, right? This is a very common thing that women do. They'll try to get a badika, the badika won't come, won't come out clean, they'll get another badika, and they'll continue to do badikas to try to get a clean one. You don't get clean badikas by doing more badikas. On the contrary, you get less clean badikas by doing more badikas. The woman, woman's skin is very sensitive, especially in that place. Now, Isa Makam is very sensitive. The more badikas you do, the more likely it is that there's going to be more bleeding. It's going to be irritating the skin. I've seen people who brought it literally like a stack. I come out a whole badika, a whole badika pack, a pack of badikas. It could be 30, 40 badikas, mamish at a time. It's not a smart idea. It's only going to cause her more problems. Do three badikas, maybe, maybe max. After that, if she sees it still coming out red, so bring the badikas that she has already, which she thinks are, are blood, and bring them to rough, see if they're thingy, and if necessary, wait till the next day. It's not going to help. You're only going to make things worse that day and the next day by continuing to do multiple badikas. She's not to be doing multiple badikas. It's not a smart idea. Right, she could wait, and sometimes a woman won't get clean on day five. Right? Sometimes it takes six days, seven days. It could take longer. It shouldn't take very, very long, but it could take a little, few days longer in order for her to finish her period, especially if, you know, the example we gave at the beginning was when Sunday, an hour before Shkia, she began her period. So even though halachically she could count Sunday as day one of day five of the five days, but practically in terms of her period, it may take more than those halachic five days to actually finish her period. And if it may be day six, maybe day seven, it may take a little bit longer to and get that proper clean badika. So again, she washes herself, and then she does a badika. Before, the badika must be done before shkia. The third thing she needs to do is called a meich dachuk, where she places a badika cloth inside of her, and she leaves the badika inside from shkia, preferably, all the way until tseis. Whatever your hold tseis is, 40, 50, 60, 72, whatever your hold tseis is, leave it in until tseis. This is not always nagaya for a woman to do. Many times it will irritate her by leaving something inside of her for a large amount of time, and therefore, if necessary, she can do it with less amount of time. She can do it 15, 20 minutes, and if necessary, she can, you know, just ask her before, this is the first thing that will go. Anytime that a woman's, we see that a woman's, you know, it's irritating a woman, and it's causing a woman to bleed, this is the first thing. It's a chumrah, and that's why it's the first thing that could go if necessary. If she sees that it's causing, it's irritating her skin, and it's making her bleed, this will be the first thing to do. The half sick you can't get rid of. She needs to do a badika, she needs to do a half sick, and needs to be before shkia. But something like this, which is a chumrah, which is, you know, something which is required, 
in a case where it's irritating the woman and just causing her to bleed more, that we can get rid of very easily, the meichtachak. Therefore, she should make sure that she uh, just calls her up if she sees that she's, you know, has, has having a lot of bleeding from the meichtachak. You know, she gets a clean bedikah and then she puts a meichin and the meichin's out dirty. Call her up and find out if you, need to, if you really need to do a meichtachak or it's causing irritating. The other thing that's important to remember is that a meichtachak is only done once, which means, for example, a woman did a meichtachak and it came out dirty, she does not do another meichtachak again. Meichtachak is a chumrash, she does it once. And that's it, she does not need to do it more. So again, there's, a, there's washing herself, hefsik, which is the vidika done before shkia, and then there is the meichdachuk, which is put in from shkia all the way until tzais. If a woman's making early Shabbos, or a woman's, uh, a, yeah, a woman's making early Shabbos in the summer, so then the hefsik should be done before she makes Shabbos, preferably, right? even though it's still an hour to the shkia, but since she is making Makabal Shabbos for her, it has a din like Shabbos, and therefore the Bidika should be done preferably, the Hefzik should be done preferably before Shkia. She misses it, she has until Shkia, but preferably before Shkia. And the Meich Dachok is done by Tseis, it's done by Shkia till Tseis. It's not done by, uh, it's not done before she makes early Shabbos. So again, before she makes early Shabbos, does the Hefzik, and then she does the Meich Dachok by, uh, by Shkia itself. And assuming that she, everything worked out well. So when she cleaned herself, she got a clean Bidika, she got a clean Meich, she met all the requirements of Assuming that she was had a hefsik tyra with everything that's included in it, she could begin her zayinakim. What does she do during her zayinakim? These seven days. First of all, she needs to make sure that she's wearing white. That's one of the things she needs to do during white. Because I wanted to make sure that we know what's going on. We know if they're staining. We know if there's bleeding. We want to make sure. Anytime she's wearing something colored, it it lessens our ability to be able to know clearly what's going on. And therefore, the first thing she needs to do, the first whatever, one of the things she needs to do is make sure that she's wearing white. That means white underwear. She needs to be wearing white. She has to. Uh, Wearing white all, all Zainakim. The second thing she needs to do is do a Badika twice a day. She does once in the morning and once at night. She does not have to wake up at nights. Once in the morning and once at night. When she wakes up, she does a Badika. And the second Badika before Shkia. So again, one in the morning, one before Shkia. Morning and night. When I say night, I don't mean night mamash. That's what we see. Right? Now, when I say night, I don't mean night after Shkia. I mean before Shkia. Once in the morning, once in evening, late, late afternoon. Before Shkia, she does two Badikas a day. That's the most preferable thing. Seven days, two Badikas. So again, she does a half sick. And then every day during the Shiva Nikiyam, she's wearing white and doing two badikas, one in the morning and one before Shkia. Those are two badikas. If, some, if for some reason she missed the badika, this is very, very common, it's very, very hard, right? For us, maybe it's, uh, you know, it's, we think that it's something that we would, be, we would all be able to you know, have a grasp on for sure. We would remember to do all the badikas. It's not as easy as it sounds, especially if you're a mother of a few kids or if you're newly married. Either way, it's not, not a very easy thing to remember twice a day. Although there are apps, you can get reminders and send it out. Even with that, it's complicating. It's hard to remember. If for some reason she misses the batika, it's okay. She's not going to go to Gehenim. Nothing will happen. She's not ma'akav at the Evet. And therefore, although lechatchila, preferably, she should be doing a batika twice a day. If she misses a batika during one of the Zayin Akim, she will be fine. The days that it's most important to make sure that she does not forget a batika, and these are the days that it's also easiest practically to remember, is day one, where it's easy because that's the first day. And day seven, the day she's going to mikvah, she needs to make sure that she does a batika on day one and day seven preferably two, but at least one Vedika on day one and day seven, in order to make sure that she could go to the mikvah. If she missed a Vedika on day one and day seven, call the Rav ASAP and figure out what you need to do and uh, what she should do. Don't scream at your wife, but call the Rav and find out what, uh, what's necessary to do because she missed the Vedika. If she misses the other ones during the, during the Zayinikiyam, they're not ma'akeh b'diyavid. Also, if a, if a woman finds that she's irritating herself, it's also very common with newly married women or in general, women after birth, or common women in general. A woman finds that doing bedikas twice a day is irritating her. It's the same way the meich can irritate a woman. Doing a bedikah twice a day can also be irritating to the skin. It can also cause bleeding. So if a woman finds that this is irritating her, call a rav, we can very, very easily be makele on not having her do twice a day, seven days. We can do less, you know, every other day, every third day. There's ways that we can be makele to have less pedikas than twice a day for all seven days. And therefore, she should call her off to figure out if she, uh, 
if she needs to do all seven. The other thing that's important for her to do is not to be Mesiyach Das at all during the Shiva Nikiyam, which means, for example, a woman finds a Kesem, a woman finds some sort of stain. A woman does a Bedika and finds that there's something on the Eid Bedika, although we said that even the tiniest drop of Dhamma on the Eid Bedika will be Metameh her, she should not assume that she's Tameh. That's called being Mesiyach Das, it's something we prefer that she does not do. And could be Ma'akav, you have to ask a Rav exactly what, what was called Mesiyach Das and what she did, but she shouldn't be Mesiyach Das. Don't give up hope until the Rav tells you that it's Tameh. Up until then, she should assume that she's Tameh, she should continue with the assumption she star, she should not be Maseh Das. Why? Because if she's Maseh Das, if she assumes that everything, if she assumed that everything's gone, everything's Tameh, Chazal said we're nervous that she may be continuing to bleed, or she may have other stains, other Ksamim, and then just not be conscious of them. And therefore, we want to make sure that for the whole seven days she's conscious, she's not Maseh Das, she's, recogn- she's recognizing cognizant of the fact that she's in Zion Akim, in order to be able to get her to the Mikvas. Again, in order to, to the process of becoming Tameh is. Tommy Midaraisa, Tommy Midarabadan, that's either a real dam, which comes from the car with our gasha, that's Tommy Midaraisa. Tommy Midarabadan is a kesem, which has with it four kulas. And in order for her to become tahar, she needs to do a she needs to count five days, including the day of the period, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Thursday before Shkia, she does a she cleans herself externally if she wants internally. She then does a hefsik before Shkia. The hefsik must be done before Shkia. And then she and then she does a Mechdachuk. And then during the Zayin Akim, she wears white and she does bedikas twice a day without being Maseich Das. If for some reason she finds that she missed Shkia, yeah, so let's say for example, she, on the Hefzik Tyra, she's five minutes past Shkia, three minutes past Shkia, whatever it is, a common case, a woman doesn't chap what time Shkia is, it's getting earlier, it's getting later, she doesn't realize what time Shkia is, if she missed Shkia, always best is to do a bedika and then call her off. Do a bedika immediately, as soon as she chaps, as soon as she recognizes, day one and I forgot to do any bedikas today, do a bedika immediately, Unless it's, you know, three, four hours after Shkia. But assuming it's a few minutes after Shkia, do Badika, Take a note of the time and then call the Rav and say, listen, the Badika was done four minutes, five minutes. And the Rav will be able to figure out if there's Makkim to be Makal on the Badika. And the same thing when it comes to the Badika by the Hafsik Taira and the Badika during the Zayin On day one and day seven, when it's Makiv, even if she missed it, she should do it immediately and then do it after. That's, uh, that's basically what we're going to do today. It's just, um, next week we'll talk about our Chakas. And we'll talk about, uh, on the third week, we'll talk about, we'll talk about uh, Vestas and the process of going to the Mikvah. Shukach. Thank <laughs> you.